Chapter Nineteen of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter Nineteen. Miss Pym, in the meanwhile, sat in von Bulen's restaurant, rejoicing. At last, she had secured something of value to England, something to give the commander in chief. These were her first fruits. Very sweet and precious they were she felt a glow of gladness not experienced since she left home the ministers she well knew would not publish their loss but the police would be busy and woe to any one who could not give a very full and complete account of himself i really must leave berlin to-morrow thought miss pym there is nothing to gain by lingering here since i shall have to remain invisible most of the time but with that gay confidence often engendered by success miss pym resumed her substantial self on leaving the restaurant and sauntered along the linden until she found a cafe where she could sit at a little table and watch the passers-by calling for hot coffee and buying a newspaper filled with wholly fictitious accounts of great german victories she looked about cheerfully no one seemed to notice her and she watched the people with the greatest interest a quiet well-dressed german not far off was emptying the contents of his pockets on a marble-topped table he put a little pile of copper on one side another little pile of silver beyond a gold pencil a penknife and various odds and ends never once looking up miss pym was very puzzled when she saw another man at another table starting to do the same thing whereupon the first man swept everything back to his pockets number two put coins down and keys and card-case and sat there some time staring before him miss pym was now thoroughly interested and waited to see what the next move would be five minutes later another individual appeared he seated himself at the table next to miss pym and she fairly jumped when she saw him beginning to place the contents of his pockets on the table before him whereupon number two replaced all the articles he had taken out number one now rose also number two and number three immediately repocketed his belongings and rose also and before miss pym could in the least understand what it all meant the three men stood round her please make no resistance and consider yourself under arrest escape is quite impossible it will be to your interest to let this little episode pass unobserved by the general public number one spoke with great suavity and evidently fancied himself very much i am quite willing replied miss pym in german but i think you ought to sit down here and explain yourselves it will be simpler and look more natural sit down and tell me why you want to arrest me who are you what are you doing in berlin where are your permits your passport oh dear me those questions are all easily answered i am a very harmless innocent person a swiss governess i have all my papers at the hotel adlon if you will accompany me there i will of course hand them over to you do i look like a guilty or dangerous person asked miss pym smiling up at them the men were evidently rather taken aback do sit down and explain who i am supposed to be let me call for three liqueurs and some more coffee we will then walk to the adlon as you don't seem to have any taxicabs about 
the german secret police are not accustomed to such amiable frankness the absence of all guilty terror on miss pym's part was either the deepest cunning or the most transparent innocence anyhow there was no harm in accepting a little glass of kimmel and talking over her case in a friendly way you arrived here yesterday yes from cologne we knew that you came from cologne and that you had no passport i explained that to the police there i concealed nothing what did you do last night i went to a kinema yes that is true but our men lost sight of you you seem to evade observation very skilfully well really i have no intention of evading observation said miss pym if i had this is rather a public place for concealment but i shall satisfy you completely in a very short while tell me rather about yourselves about berlin about the war the men drank their coffee thoughtfully they were disappointed this amiable swiss woman was no dangerous spy and the cologne police inspector was an old fool the war is terrible said number two a young detective warmed by the kimmel our work is ever increasing and our pay decreases hush johann said number one it is not good to converse with the suspected i wish you would tell me of what i am suspected said miss pym plaintively well it looks very suspicious to be travelling without passport or police permit said the man eyeing her with disfavour but i shall satisfy you in a few minutes said miss pym amiably that's as may be grunted the official then your appearance is somewhat english if you turned out to be english after all and at the thought three pairs of eyes glistened if you turned out to be english he paused in number two tossing off the last drop of kimmel finished the sentence we shall all be sorry for you if i were english then i should be shot said miss pym pleasantly would they torture me first i wonder it is ill joking on such subjects germans do not like jokes said number one shortly and now i will trouble you to walk with us to the adlon hotel gladly replied miss pym rising and facing the three men then straightening herself she pressed back her head felt the quick spinal thrill and vanished swiftly moving back and gliding amongst the tables sat down in a remote corner near a glass wind-screen immensely enjoying the discomfiture of the three who darted about wildly violently gesticulating frantically questioning the old waiter and two waitresses the proprietor of the cafe bower appeared he strode up to the three men very angrily but when he heard that they belonged to the secret police he became most conciliatory he invited them into the restaurant where they doubtless discussed miss pym's escape over a bottle of fine old wine and now for my luggage at the adlon said miss pym with a sigh as she left the cafe and walked down the linden to the hotel she had decided to go to potsdam at once the kaiser might be there anyhow it was safer to make enquiries there berlin was thoroughly awake now and they had a full description of her perhaps it would be better to refit herself in berlin shops before venturing to reappear as in german clothes she would lose that english look miss pym visited many great clothing shops where she was not of course deterred by fantastic prices the articles being hers for the taking but the dresses coats and hats were so frightful in cut and style 
so dreadful in colour and shoddy in texture she hesitated at parting with her good english homespun tweed finally she decided to discard her well-fitting tweed coat and soft white silk blouse and to put on a green and yellow plaid merino blouse sufficiently hideous to be thoroughly german and to wear a thin jersey of shiny black cloth she selected a tall hat of violet straw with no brim to speak of trimmed with pink roses and a vivid purple veil at an optician's in the friedrichstrasse she selected a pair of large convex blue spectacles these things she carried off to the tiergarten and making a neat bundle of her hat and coat she thrust them into some bushes then still invisible she made her way down the Königgrätzer Strasse to the potsdam station she found the station crowded and recognized one of the detectives of the cafe bower and as he was talking volubly to other men she presumed they were detectives also indeed these police spies looked the part so conspicuously that there was little difficulty in picking them out of any crowd miss pym wondered how invisible she would board the train she could not expect to get a seat and though the actual journey would not take much over half an hour yet it might be difficult and even dangerous to stand up in a crowded carriage before she could decide what to do the train came creaking and jolting into the station and the people who had been waiting hours ran and pushed and fought each other to get seats miss pym ran the length of the train without seeing the chance even of standing-room then she saw the conductor swing himself on to the long step of a carriage unlock a door and let himself in miss pym running as she had never run in all her life caught hold of a fixed bar and pulled herself on to the step the conductor was in a panelled compartment with a bench a desk and a pile of cases clinging with one arm to the bar she tried the handle the door swung open and miss pym scrambled in and panting for breath sank down on one of the cases the train rattled along very slowly taking quite an hour to run the sixteen miles to potsdam what an oasis it appeared in a sandy plain woods little hills larger hills beyond all clothed to the summit with umbrageous trees lakes canals rivers everywhere verdure and water it was soothing and refreshing after the heat and excitement of berlin miss pym felt a great longing for a cup of real english tea her wrist-watch marked five o'clock but the sun seemed almost as fervid as at midday she made her way to a restaurant by the stadtschloss this place had a pleasant shady veranda on the river havel where big oleanders in tubs gay with pink blossoms gave agreeable promise of privacy before entering gerhardt's restaurant miss pym resumed visibility hardly realizing the curious figure she presented in her purple top hat girt about with roses her too narrow coat opening on the green and yellow plaid blouse her get-up certainly was german and probably would seem smart and stylish to german eyes but what would froghurst have said a kindly old waiter brought her a comfortable basket-chair with cushions and a little wooden footstool and then begged to know what her distinguished excellency would deign to have have you any tea he was doubtful 
and this made Miss Pym doubtful. Have you any coffee? I mean real coffee, not Erzat's coffee. I understand, Excellency, he replied mournfully. Herr Gerhardt may have a little in reserve for high personages, but you see, the police are everywhere. It is dangerous to produce it. Oh, I will pay well and say nothing, said Miss Pym, smiling as she threw back her purple veil and removed her glasses. All the old man's hesitation vanished when she pressed a two-mark note into his withered hand. He dragged two oleander tubs nearer, put up a pliable wind-screen, and departed, leaving Miss Pym to a feeling of rest and security from prying eyes. Then came a tray, and Miss Pym found herself pouring out most fragrant, pale golden tea, real china tea, and there was a little bowl of whipped cream, and thin slices of dark bread and fresh butter. The old waiter enjoyed her enjoyment. He stood there chatting about his youth, how he had been a waiter at the Langham Hotel. He regretted this war, because you know I like and understand the English. Had Her Excellency ever been to England? Miss Pym asked whether the Kaiser was at Potsdam. No, he had gone to the Eastern Front. The Kaiser was depressed, and preferred to withdraw himself from the public eye. When at Potsdam he kept in complete retirement, and hardly ever left the palace and private grounds. This was very bad news for Miss Pym, as it meant delay. It was no part of her program to go to the East to hunt up the all-highest. And von Hindenburg? At Berlin, doubtless, or on the Western Front. Potsdam had become quite uninteresting. Miss Pym listened drearily to the old waiter as he enumerated its attractions. The palaces she must not fail to visit, but Potsdam, which was a pleasure resort, is now one of the saddest cities of Germany, he said with conviction. Miss Pym looked up inquiringly, because of the terrible number of wounded and dying brought here. These beautiful palaces, which, of course, you would only be permitted to view from without, are filled with the wounded. I have a brother at the Potsdam station. He says the train loads that come by night are something too fearful to witness. A few trains come also by day, but the stations then are cleared, and I have also heard that the wounded are taken to the hospitals in closed furniture vans. You see, Excellency, it is not good for the public to know how many wounded we have. Another customer now clamoured for coffee. The waiter hurried off, and Miss Pym, having paid her bill, walked thoughtfully away. She determined to spend the whole of the next day at Potsdam. The place was quiet and pleasant. The lakes and streams gave an appearance, if not a feeling, of coolness. The sun had disappeared in a glowing furnace. The east was already purple night, whilst the west still retained great reaches of pale gold and pink. It was a very tired Miss Pym who stole invisible into the palace hotel. This time she visited the first floor and found, as she expected, that the finest rooms were unoccupied. After taking the precaution of putting up rugs and coverlets to prevent any ray of light in the room being seen in the passage, she sat at the open windows and enjoyed the breeze that rippled up from the hovel. End of chapter 19